Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber Obi Swenson. Today's episode is called Don't Fret the In-Between. And I hope to encourage you to not give up. Even if you're at a really ugly, frustrating stage of whatever it is you are trying to do. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. If you're a woman and you've ever had a short haircut, like a pixie or an inverted bob, and then you've decided to grow your hair out, you know the frustration of the in-between. Because if you go to do anything, like exercise or anything, where you want to pull your hair back in a ponytail, but it's too short to do that, but it's long enough to fall in your face. And so you just can't do anything with it for a while, right? And we tend to just want to you know, grown our way through the in-between stage. Well, what if there are lessons to be learned in the in-between stage? And instead of just running ahead, what if we would stop and explore the lessons that we could be learning even now so that at the end of the stage, whatever it is, we're a different person who's stronger than we were when we started. So um, when it comes to turning points, something makes you decide enough is enough, right? There's some reason that you decide I am going to start something different or I'm going to do something that I've always wanted to do. So maybe you wake up one day and you decide enough is enough. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get healthy. You put your plan into action. You head to the gym. You're exercising. You're excited about it. You eat healthy, you know, you're making good choices, you're skipping the high calorie desserts. And woohoo, right? Day one in the books. And you wake up for day two, and you're a little bit sore, because you've been to the gym. But you know what, you're going to go work out again. And you head into mealtime. And you know, that healthy meal just didn't fill you up. And when you get to the end of the day, and you're tired, you see the snacks that you used to eat. And they're looking pretty good. And you're not sure if the grind is worth it. And it's all too easy to just give up. Why am I doing this after all? I could be enjoying the pleasures of right here and right now. Or I can stay strong and keep going. Always the choice, right? Well, don't give in quite so soon. The glory is never in the grind. The glory comes later after the results. So I have a good friend right now who's in the process of moving. And if you've ever moved, you know it is not 
fun. Months and months ago, this friend decided that um, they were going to move. So they have been doing house projects and they've been packing and they've been downsizing. And at first it's fun, right? Good stuff. And you know why you're doing it. You're doing it because you're going somewhere else. And there's a reason you're moving. But then it gets hard. Not just hard, but hard, hard. Like I am tired and every bone in my body hurts. And I haven't slept a decent night's sleep in weeks because I'm doing house projects. And I don't even want to make any decisions about if I'm going to keep something or throw it. I am so mentally fried. Why do I even want to keep going? (laughs) Why? Because the glory is coming later. The glory is when you're settled into your new house. I think pretty much every single major project I've ever been a part of, this has happened. Years ago, I directed plays at a um, area school, and it was always the week of the play like the second to the last rehearsal or the last rehearsal, there was just so much happening and things weren't coming together. And you thought, why am I even doing this? What is the purpose? And then opening night happens and you're like, oh, this is why I'm doing it. Because I've actually had the chance to put the word of God into these kids' lives in a way that is real to them. And maybe their parents have seen the Bible come to life in a new way that they've never seen it before. But the grind, you never see the glory when you're in the grind, but you just have to keep going through. The question is, what lessons can we learn when we're in the grind? Well, how about discipline? It takes discipline to keep going, right? To get up and go exercise day after day after day. That takes discipline. It takes discipline to avoid that dessert that looks so good, but you know it's not good for your body. It takes discipline to read the Bible every day. When there are so many things calling for your attention. So we can learn discipline. We can learn persistence. Persistence is a wonderful thing. It's easy to give up. Lots of people can do it, but persistence, that is something we're standing for. Man, not everybody does it, and that's why we keep going. We keep going to get to the finish line. Persistence. What else can we learn through all of this? How about courage? You know, again, not everybody has the courage to keep going, but if you do, man, you are going to get to that end point. I want to look at a couple of people from the Bible The first person I want to look at is Peter, the Apostle Peter. So he is kind of known, and I don't know if it's fair or unfair, but you know, as we read the Bible, we see him oftentimes saying things that are a little silly or speaking out of turn or, you know, hopping out of the boat to go walk to Jesus on the water. Most of the disciples are like, that seems kind of silly, but not Peter. He jumps out of the boat and he's all about it, right? So, um, He's kind of known for that. So when Jesus said to him, you know, Peter, Satan has come to me and he's asked if he can kind of shake you up a little bit. Peter answers, you know, with his confidence that he always has and says, oh, no problem. I've got this, guys. And what happens? Well, a slave girl, a servant girl asks him if he's Galilean. And the next thing we know, he's throwing curses and denying his savior. Weeps bitterly. Now, at that point, Peter could have totally given up. 
and decide this is it. This is the end of my time as a disciple. No way can God use me. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, which came upon him on Pentecost, thank God that was not the end of Peter's story. Peter ended up becoming a pillar of the first Christian church. And yes, there was growth. And yes, he had to eat humble pie a little bit. And he learned that humility from walking that road, from falling into sin, from making the wrong choices, from failing. From failing, he learned how to walk with God. And instead of being the person who was always demanding the attention, um, he, he learned to give that attention to God and to talk about Jesus, not to worry about him so much and who he was and what he was going to do, but to just focus on Christ and Christ crucified. How about John Mark? John Mark, we read about in the book of Acts, he went with Paul and, Barna, uh, Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey, and then we're told he deserted them. And, you know, you can say end game, right? Game over, we're all done. <laughs> and that's what the Apostle Paul wanted to say. He was not pleased with John Mark for leaving them. And um, and so because of it, he refused to take him on the second missionary journey. And, you you know, okay, I tried. I guess I failed. I guess I'm I'm not cut out for this. But instead, Barnabas took him under his wing. He took him with him and continued training him and investing in him. And by the end of Paul's life, he had become a trusted confidant and friend and helper to Paul. And he had really... Um, become a valued partner in the gospel work. So it's a beautiful thing that he did not give up when the going got tough. I'm going to give you three quotes. So the first one is from healingbrave.com. It says, I have resolved to live, not just endure, each season of my life. This is something that I tell young moms a lot of times. A lot of times it can be so daunting when you're going through seasons of a child's life, right? So you've got the potty training season or as an infant when they're not eating or they're eating all the time and they're not sleeping or you've got the school age years with the crazy homework and the difficulties in school and you've got the tween years and the teen years and all the things that go with it, right? And it's easy to get bogged down and to think, oh, I can't wait till I get through this season. And I try to tell young moms all the time, don't wish all those seasons away because you're going to blink and those seasons are going to be over. Instead, find reasons to give thanks and find reasons to learn through it. So instead of just saying this is a terrible time, I don't want anything to do with it, what can you learn in this season? And how can you be grateful for your children right where they're at? Is there anything that you can be grateful? And of course, there always is. Quote number two is from George Eliot. And he says, it's never too late to be who you might have been. Isn't that great? Listen, if you're alive and breathing, you can make a change. God says his mercy is new every morning. That means you have a chance today to do what you've always wanted to do. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, being an Olympian. You know, if you're 75 years old and you wanted to be in figure skating in the Olympics, that that dream is probably over. However, can you be a godly person? Absolutely. Can you be a missionary? You bet. You can tell the people in your life about the difference God has made for you. Um, what is it that you've always wanted 
to be in terms of character. Can you turn it around? Yep, you sure can. You can be a mentor to someone else. Third quote is from Nancy Levine, and it says, Honor the space between no longer and not yet. Honor that space. Don't give up. Don't hate the in-between time. Don't be frustrated with it. I mean, you can be frustrated with it, but not enough to give up. Keep going. Do what you need to do. And one of the things that I found, well, that really motivates me, you know, a lot of (laughs) praise songs, worship music, it's amazing how they can turn your eyes from the circumstances around you and make you look up. And I love when I'm having a really horrid day to put worship music on and just let it drown out all my negative thoughts, all my just focusing on circumstances, and just start praising. And as I do that, I kind of usually get to the point of thinking, you know what, this isn't the end of the world. This isn't so bad. These are minor inconveniences. We'll get through them. Don't worry about it. Keep going. So just know that the grind is the grind for a reason. It's the daily work that happens. And most people never see all the work that's behind um, something. You know, when you put out a book, all they see is the, you know, 100 pages or 200 pages or 40 pages or whatever it is. Nobody sees the countless hours that went into each page. All they see is the book. But it took all those hours to get to the finished product. That's what we have to keep in mind. We're laboring for something bigger than today. We are laboring (laughs) for something with an eternal purpose. And when that's the case, then we need to do what the Apostle Paul said and keep running the race. Forget what's behind and strive towards what's ahead. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Don't forget to share this message with somebody you know needs it. And pray for us at Time of Grace as we share the word of God with people all around the world. 